Hi everybody, I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here at Lost Floors Church, and I'm so glad that you chose to join us this morning. And if this is your first time, welcome, and I hope you enjoy. We do meet every Sunday morning at our church in Carlsbad, California, and we meet at 9.15 at 10.30 a.m. We'd love to have you in person, but if online is what you enjoy, that is great too. And before we get into our new sermon series today, I'd like to just tell you a quick story about a young boy. This story can be found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and they're all the same story. It's Jesus feeding 5,000 people, an amazing miracle. And what's so amazing about the miracle is he starts with two fish and five small loaves of bread, and he turns that into enough food for 5,000 plus people. And he just prays over it and starts breaking apart, and pretty soon there's more than enough for everybody. In fact, there's 12 baskets left over. But in John, I like the story the best. And I like it because one of the disciples turns and says, hey, we have a boy here that has five small loaves of bread and two fish, but what's that going to do? And it's almost this mocking tone, like this boy just came up to me like he's going to feed everybody, and obviously we can't. And then what I picture is this boy overhears this argument because Jesus is wanting the disciples to feed the people, and the disciples are wanting to send the people home. And in this, this boy, this childlike faith walks up with, this, with his dinner. And in those days, you didn't have enough for the next day and the next day. It was all he had, probably all he had to eat that day. And this boy willingly, generously, gives his entire meal to the disciples and to Jesus. And, and in this act of generosity, what happens is this boy who willingly gives it up, not expecting to get it back, ends up getting more than enough to eat. And, and so does everyone else. It's this simple act of generosity. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple weeks is living a life of generosity. I want to define for you generosity. Freely giving or sharing of money or things of value. And it's providing more than the amount needed. I want to start by looking at Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. And it says this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you produce, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now I'm going to be completely honest with you for a second. When I talk about giving to the church, it's not a very comfortable subject for me. It's not something I like to do and there's very few pastors I believe that actually like to talk about it, but it is necessary. First of all, this whole idea of giving to the church goes all the way back to the Old Testament. It, and it's it's the word tithe. And we probably hear it every week. Some of you probably know what it is if you've been in the church long enough. Others of you that don't come very often are probably like, what is a tithe? Well, tithe is literally the Hebrew word for a tenth. So 10%. And so if you go back in the Old Testament, they began to give um, to help the, the priests or the, the rabbis survive and, and then also to take care of the temple. And so the Jewish people were commanded to give 10% of, of everything, their crops, their livestock, 
basically everything they owned, they would give 10% of each year. And, and so the idea, if you had 10 cattle, you would give one of them to the temple and to the priest to, to make sure that the temple and the priests were all taken care of. And, and this supplied plenty for them. Now, today in this church, Las Flores Church, I can't speak for other churches, but in this church, we absolutely depend on your giving. That w This church would not exist if you didn't give. And we have a very generous church. And, and so what does, what does the giving do for our church? Well, it pays the salaries. It keeps the lights on. It helps it be either warm enough in the sanctuary or cool enough in the sanctuary in the summertime. And it, the other thing is it helps the place to look nice. We've done a lot of renovating over the last few years because of your generosity. Genero your generosity allows us to be the church. Without it, we could not be the church. That's just the way it is. And, and here at Lost Flores Church, we want people to experience the love of Jesus. Now, Sometimes in church, when we talk about money, people get a little bit uptight. I've had people get upset with me. I've had other, I've heard other stories from pastors that, that people get upset that that's all you talk about. And there's probably good reason for that. We always hear on the news of these, these pastors that probably take advantage of things. I just, just read an article this week about, about a, a pastor that is on television all the time. He's been around for a long time and and, and the guy needed to buy a, a new jet. And so $54 million later, he bought a beautiful new jet. And, and that's, he needed it, that he said in the article, because if he's on a, you know, just a commercial plane with all these regular people, he can't pray and he, he can't be in touch with God. So he needed a private jet. Now, now I don't need a private jet. A, a new surfboard might be nice, but you know, I, and I'm just joking about, about that, obviously, but there, we see that, and, and people get bent out of shape about that. That's not us. That, that's not who we are. We just want to be the church. Now, another reason why money causes people to be a little bit anxious in the church is, honestly, money in our lives causes stress. It, it, it does. I mean, some people don't have enough to pay their bills. Many don't have enough to pay their bills, and they, and they need the extra to, to keep up. One of the top reasons for divorce in the United States is money issues. <laughs> and, and so uh, the other side of it is how much is enough? We're, we're constantly being bombarded with you need to invest in this, and you need to invest in your retirement. You need to put money away so your kids can go to college. And, and so we, we're hit from all sides. We're giving money constantly and 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 how much is enough, right? And so money causes stress. And then you come to church on Sunday morning and they're saying, oh, you need to give to the church also. And I can understand that that causes stress. I, I wanna approach this from a generosity standpoint. And, and I get it, you're probably going, well, that just makes it sound better when you're talking about giving to the church, right? Well, well to an extent, yeah. But, but here again, Proverbs uh, chapter 3 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best parts of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. And, and then Malachi chapter 3 says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of the heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you, 
I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Both of these passages are very clear in what they're, they're saying. They're saying, hey, you give to God and you will get in return, that God will take care of you. And it sounds like an abundance that he will take care of you. And Malachi, and I've heard this preached many a times and I've preached it myself, God's saying, put me to the test on this. Test me. Those are some pretty strong words here. Now, I want to be very clear. I do not believe in health and wealth. And what I mean by that is there's a section of Christianity in the United States that, that believes that the more you give, the, the better you are in your Christian walk, then you'll never get sick and you'll have all kinds of wealth. It's, a, it's like this testimony that you're better than everyone else. And I do not believe that. I do not believe that God will make you rich because you give. However, I do believe that God provides for us when we give. But when we give to the church this sacrificial way and this, this way that he will provide for us. And the second part is I believe that those that give on a regular basis feel less financial stress. Now, I'm not saying you'll will never feel financial stress. I just believe that those that give on a regular basis, they feel less stress. And I hear that in testimonies all the time. Now, I believe a huge part of this is the attitude we have when we give. If we're giving reluctantly or angrily because, man, the church is making me do this or my wife is making me do this, whatever it is, our attitude towards it makes a giant difference. I want to tell you a quick story that I heard from a pastor one time. And he's a pastor of a, a pretty large church. And they were having a, a big push for giving in their church. They wanted to build something new. I, I can't remember what it was. And, and so week after week, he was talking about how much money they needed to raise. And, and we had a, a father, he had a father and a, and a son come into his office one day asked to see him. And here comes the boy carrying this, this jar full of coins. And the pastor thought, oh, how, how cute. He's coming to, to help give to this. And, and they came in and, and first the boy said, I, I, have, I have been praying about this and thinking about this. And, and this is a boy of eight or nine years old. Brings this big giant jar that he can barely carry. And he says, I really want to give this to the church. And he proceeds to tell the pastor that this was his Disneyland fund. And then the dad interrupts and says, what happened is a couple years ago, our kids really wanted to go to Disneyland. And not only is it a long trip, but it's an expensive trip. And, and right now we just, we can't do that. And so I told him if he's willing to pay for Disneyland, then we'd go to Disneyland. So the boys started saving up, putting pennies and quarters and nickels and dimes into this jar. We, we all did it when we were young, saving up our pennies. And, and, and this boy had a couple hundred dollars in this jar of change. And, and this boy was counting on this jar to go to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, right? And after listening to the pastor and, and being convicted, he decides to give it to the church. It, the dad was a little bit bothered by it, but the boy was so persistent that the dad said, fine, 
So they set that jar right there in the pastor's desk and walked out. The pastor was so moved by it. He called in his secretary and a few other staff members and said, we've got to do something. Uh, this has profoundly affected me. And, and so they, they took the money and they deposited it into the church account. And then, privately, on the side, they bought that family season passes to Disneyland. Not, not one day, but season passes to Disneyland. Gave them spending money and got them a hotel and gave them more than what was required. More <laughs> than enough. It, see how the, the church responded to the generosity with generosity. And it makes this amazing story. But in that, I, I believe in some ways that that's the way God works. Yeah. And just from that story, first of all, when you give to this church, we're most likely not going to send you to Disneyland. Just, just kind of have that in your mind up front. Uh, but the other thing is we're not going to guilt trip you. We're not going to every week demand stuff. I, I, as the pastor, I don't keep track of what anyone gives. I, I don't want to know what individuals give to the church because I don't want that to be an issue. Because our giving is between us and God. Now, I, I believe that when we are generous towards God, when we're generous towards people, it changes us. It, it changes us mentally and it changes us spiritually. There's something about, about giving. There's something about living a generous life that can change us. I, I want to read you what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. I, I love that passage because to me, that summarizes giving to the church. That's it. You decide in your heart. It's between you and God, not between you and the pastor or, or you and another family. It's between you and God. You decide in your heart, and then you, you give it cheerfully. And I do believe that God will provide for those that give to the church. Hey, here's what I would say. Give joyfully, number one. Uh, number two, give consistently. Hey, even if right now you give nothing, but maybe start just $20 a week. If that's what you can afford, do $20 a week. And then from there, you can build on that. Because once you start giving $20 a week consistently, pretty soon it builds up that trust in God that, well, I'm not going broke. Maybe I can give $25. Maybe you can give $100 a week, whatever that is. But when you do that, that builds trust in God. In Proverbs chapter 3, when it talks about honoring the Lord with your wealth, that whole passage is about trusting the Lord about trusting him beyond your own understanding. And so I think that's what giving is, is trusting God beyond our own understanding. And then I say, just give generously, not just to the church and not just money, 
but live a generous life. That definition at the very beginning was give freely of money or things of value. There's things of much greater value in our lives than just money. And and what it says is provide more than the amount that is needed. A a few weeks ago, little Eliana Bentley came in carrying her crumpled up dollar bills. and, And I don't know how much it was. It wasn't a whole lot. But she brought that in. To, to tithe, to give to the church. She, she was very clear that she had counted out 10%. She's a smart kid, had counted out 10% of her earnings. And I, her mom was there and, and Stephanie said, yes, yeah, she had a little orange stand with the neighbor's kids. They, they picked a bunch of oranges off the tree and they set up a stand and, and people drove by and they started, started uh, buying oranges from there. It was supposed to be a dollar an orange. And when she came home, she told Stephanie how much money she made, and it, Stephanie was dumbfounded with how much money they made with this orange stand. And so I asked Eliana, I, I heard you had a really good day selling oranges. It must have been really busy. And she said, no, not many people bought them. But there were some people that paid $20 for an orange. $20 for an orange. That's generosity. And, and Ryan, Eliana's dad, just told me the other night that, that one of the people that stopped that paid $20 for an orange, they weren't even from here. They just stopped at this gas station and they saw the stand and drove over because they'd made a, a, a promise to themselves years ago that anytime they saw a lemonade stand or kids selling stuff on the side of the street that they would buy something very generously. And what a, what a great attitude, right? That is living generously. And, and you see how that generosity trickles down to through little Eliana, who she gets, she's the beneficiary of this generosity. And then the generosity comes through her t- to the church. It's a beautiful thing. And I, I want to read to you Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25. This is one of my favorite verses on giving. And this is what it says. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Generosity is not just about money. We can apply it to our lives in so many ways. It's it's freely sharing things of of value and giving more than is required or or more than is necessary. And, And what is it that we can be generous with? We can be generous with our love, with our kindness, with our compassion, with our forgiveness. We can be generous with our time. You see, I believe these things are more valuable than money. Love, compassion, time, kindness. Those are more valuable than money. And when we are generous, when we give those things away, we prosper. And we refresh other people. And I love what it says, when we refresh others, it's just the truth. We are refreshed. It, just like money, when we're stingy with these things, we actually lose, is what the Bible says. When we hold on to things, when we hide things, we lose it. it there's no joy in being stingy. But when we are generous, when we live a life of generosity, we live a great life. I love the picture of, of refreshing others. My wife loves to garden. She loves to grow things. 
And right now we're trying to grow lots of stuff in our backyard, grass and trees and stuff, because it was just all dirt. And, and she walks around with this little watering can and she fills it up and she waters all these things and, and maybe in some way kind of loves on them and, and talks to them. Uh, but I remember it takes me back to our, our house in Bakersfield. We bought this house that we were just in love with. And we had this, this corner that had nothing in it. And she found this, this tree that she loved the, the kind of tree it was, but this tree was, was in this terrible place. It was shaded and other plants were covering it. And she really wanted to move that tree to that corner. She thought it would just do really well. So we, we dug it up and we're very careful. We moved that tree over there and, and put it in the ground and put healthy soil around it and we watered it. And within a couple of days, all the leaves fell off and it looked dead. And I told her, maybe we should just go buy a new one. And she said, no, I, I think it's gonna be okay. And, and you know, for months, she just kept watering that tree, it, putting, sprinkling stuff around it, nutrients, and for months that tree was as dead as could be. And then one day she came running inside and I, she said, there's a leaf. There is a green leaf. And it was amazing. The feeling of going out and seeing this green, we were so excited. It sounds silly, but, but we were so excited. All those months of pouring into this tree, refreshing this tree, and the joy we felt when we saw that green leaf. Well, if you feel that way about a tree, uh, think about how we'll feel when we refresh others. I, I just have that picture of us carrying this little watering can around and refreshing people. We could be pouring out on people. Just just imagine what our community would be like if we all carried a little watering can around full of love and compassion and forgiveness and, and willing to, to sacrifice our, our time. Imagine that kind of generosity in our community can change a community. It can change your life because when you refresh others, you will be refreshed. Honestly, living a life of generosity is a great way to live life.